The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Set the Cleveland Cavaliers. Michael Jordan hits it at the foul line. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang! Iverson working against Austin with a pull-up. episode of the Iconic Podcast is, as always, brought to you by Iconic Clothing Company. Go to the Instagram page at Iconic Clothing Co. You can go to the website as well for all the gear. This episode of the Iconic Podcast, we are recording. It is Monday night, June 17th. We are in the aftermath of the Anthony Davis trade to Los Angeles, and we are just in the middle of of the calm of the storm that will be the NBA draft coming up later this week. You'll probably hear this podcast Thursday morning, maybe day of the draft. We'll see. And then following that, we've got free agency not too far right around the corner. As always, starting on the board from Glen Ellen, Illinois, the Glen Ellen felon, Luke Domask on the line. Welcome, brother. Hey, man, it's been a minute. I mean, this might be the longest we've ever gone talking about NBA or just talking in general. We've been busy cats, man. I know, I know. What's this about? I thought we were supposed to be the uh, the kids. Uh, now we got to be adults and we're working. And What the hell's going on? It's bullshit, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I'm exhausted. I know we've done podcasts hungover. We've done podcasts sick. I think I've had the flu before. I've lost my voice. But, you know, we're, we're a little tired, but... It's the it's the eve of the NBA offseason, one of the most soon to be most iconic off seasons, I think, in in NBA history. And and with everything that's going to be going on this week with the draft, and then the following week with free agency and AD trade this past Saturday. What's what's this watch bomb on a Saturday afternoon? You know, I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm in the city in Chicago, just hanging out, and all of a sudden I get a watch bomb that AD gets traded. Is that where we're starting, or where do you want to go? You want to go NBA Finals? I mean, so, there's a okay, whole lot so to talk here's, about. Be- let's before we move on, okay, Uncle Luke, you're, I, you know, I love you because the the pace that you run at, it's a <laughs> it's a great opposition to my pace. So let's let's slow your roll here, player. Okay, first things first. I'm like we the first it. three minutes in a, in, in the NBA Finals, like game one. Yeah, everyone's just running the mass for hours. Yeah, that's it. Oh my God, is that brilliant? Oh, that is so brilliant. Everyone's just running amok, not realizing that they might have seven games to play 
Um, and they say a series doesn't start until you win a game on the road. So first things first here, Uncle Luke. First things first. This is another NBA season in the books for the two of us. And I say it every year. But the coolest part of this is that we get this unique form of historical documentation. We get the luxury, or I guess maybe not the luxury, of going back and looking on things we said at the beginning of the year, comparing that knowledge to what we know now. And not many people who are sports fans get that opportunity. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to have you alongside riding shotgun for this journey that was another NBA season. Thank you. Uh, thank you for, for being the, the chewy to my Han Solo. Hey, man, the feeling is mutual. When we started that that podcast, the NBA podcast, another day in the NBA in October, and then in 2017 when we started it as well, you know, the, the, these are the two most important podcasts for me each year, you know, in October and then at the end of June coming into July because it's it's just a it kind of perfect bookend of the NBA season because for where we started, it's always fun to go back and listen to the things we were talking about in October and then fast forward to June, basically almost an entire year later and full NBA season later. And to see how a lot of takes went the wrong way, how a lot of things went the way we expected them to and, and everything in between. That's why I love the NBA because sometimes it's not always the destination, but it's the journey and how we get to where we're going. I will say, and maybe this is a reach because, you know, I watched obviously a little bit of U S open golf this weekend. I would compare our two preseason NBA episode and our postseason NBA episode. Those are like two of our majors in our podcast, right? Throughout the season. Like these are, this is Augusta and this is the U S open. Absolutely. I think there's something to that. I mean, I take these episodes as seriously as ever. I'm not necessarily always one to put in a whole lot of, of preparation. I usually try and enjoy the art of conversation, let it fly off the dome, but Man, for the preseason and the postseason NBA show, I tend to try and put together so, at least a few ideas because there's so much running through my mind. And as I was doing the research for this episode, I'm going through all the moments of this NBA season. I go, oh, my God, I forgot about that. Oh, oh, shit, that happened. Wait, oh, my God. And, and all of a sudden, I've got this list of 20 to 30 different things that I'm trying to talk about. And we've only got one hour of an episode to get through it. So... We got to get moving, son. We got to get moving. I think we start with the NBA Finals. No better place to start. I mean, I'll let you. I'll let you take the lead here because I got okay. a couple of questions for you. But I'll, I'll let you go, and we'll go from there. Can I? I'm going to. Before uh, you know, I have to. I have to get this out there because I, I've always taken this aspect of journalism and entertainment and broadcasting, whether it be radio or TV, I take this very seriously. And it's the transparency. I'm never going to try and be someone on air that I'm not off the mic. I'm not going to try and be someone off the mic that I am on the mic. I'm not going to try and pretend to be smarter on air than I am when I'm off air. This NBA finals was probably the least I've watched of an NBA finals, you know, since I was, maybe ever in my life. And that was just because I was working some late nights. Um, I didn't get to see the, the final five minutes of game six. And, you know, you're sending me the updates and I'm telling you, 
dude unable to watch right now covering breaking news there's a fire on like i-70 freeway i gotta go cover this and and listen to have you know to have the brother in arms able to send you in depth detailed updates for the nba finals man i would i would hire no one else to do it than you so one thank you for doing that but i needed to put that out there that I did not get to see every possession, every minute, every shot like I have in the past. Now, let's not kid ourselves. I was still doing my homework. Let's not forget who we're talking about here. This is Bobby Buckets, right? Bobby Buckets, come on now. I'm still taking care of my business, but I did not get that live, in-the-moment, possession-by-possession feel that I've gotten in the past. So I did want to put that out there because I'm not trying to – fake anything. I'm not trying to front. I'm just trying to be me and and explain what was kind of going on for me through this series. Um, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. And you know, listen, that's, that's life, right? Like for the rest of my life, I'm not always going to be able to watch every minute of every game. I know that right now I'm working at KOMU and I'm just trying to become a better storyteller period whether it's sports involved, whether it's crime, whether it's weather, I am trying to learn how to tell stories and perfect that art. And so if I can do it outside of sports, then well, you better goddamn believe I will be able to do it with sports. So I got I'm putting in some work in the minors right now. I got to take care of some business, but I will be back in my full glory in no time. And I am fully prepared to talk some NBA hoops here. Now, Heading into this series, or looking back on it, I should say, and then I'll let you go, Uncle Luke. I think it is so funny that game one of the Toronto Raptors NBA playoffs, they lost to the Orlando Magic. And DJ Augustine gave them the business. I mean, in retrospect, that's mind-boggling, Uncle Luke. I've seen DJ Augustine do some pretty remarkable things in an NBA uniform. I'm not going to lie. However... I do remember where I was when I watched that game. Uh, That was one of the first games of the NBA playoffs. And the Raptors just got outplayed, just completely outplayed. They looked out, man. You know, Aaron Gordon was covering 90 feet of of, of the basketball court and just taking down Kawhi and just holding them off as much as possible. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh. You know, the Raptors, they kind of coasted through this year. Kawhi said a lot of back-to-backs and a lot of games in general, the load management stuff. But – all of a sudden, I'm starting to think, dare to dream, Orlando Magic, and then they took care of business pretty early. But you're right. It, it, this came out of nowhere. It's definitely one of the most unsuspecting finals endings, I think, of our lifetime. One of the one of the biggest ones, for sure. Finals endings? Just just how – like, if, if, if I'm, I'm reading your point right, is that the way the playoffs started, especially for the Toronto Raptors, sure. you didn't think for a moment – that this is how it was going to play out. Sure, you know what I mean, because you know when we did our, our, you know, the last time we spoke about the NBA on a podcast was the before the NBA playoffs, right? And we were talking the the the, the final four basically in the East, how it's going to be Boston, Philly, Toronto, and the Bucks. And we're th- and you know you and I were talking like the Bucks look the best that they've looked the best all year. They've been the best team in the NBA. And then you got Philly, definitely the most talented team in the East with the most talent would be Embiid, Simmons, Harris, Butler. And then you look at Boston, it's like definitely under underperformed all year, but maybe they have that switch because there's just so much talent on that team. And then you look at Toronto and you're kind of like, 
of of the four, you know, I was I was thinking like, okay, well, we really haven't seen Toronto's best basketball yet this year. They kind of coasted, you know, new first year head coach. Don't know how that goes sometimes, but man, after you're like you said, after game one of that playoff series between them and the Magic, I was thinking like, I don't know, you know, they're gonna get out of the first round. I wasn't thinking that, but you know, those things kind of start creeping in your mind because there's so much time in between games that you know, these. It, Things can change. Narratives can change so much. So, to 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 fast forward to the end of to to now to the end of June to to be world champions to be parading down Toronto downtown Toronto today. I mean, you told me yeah in April I'd have been like, well, how the hell did we get there? And okay, so let's let's be fair here, Uncle Luke, and I'm gonna give credit where credit is due, man. I mean, if there was one guy that was talking about Toronto, you know, of course the Milwaukee Bucks were the the focus point of our discussions, but uncle Luke, you were showing a lot of love to Toronto the whole time. And you said, you know, we haven't seen Kawhi really turn it on yet. And when he does, he's as bad as a man on, on an NBA court on 94 feet of hardwood. You had faith in Fred freaking van Vliet Rockford stand up. Wichita Rockford, State. Illinois. The shocker. Dude, you called it. I, I, I no ounce of jealousy, just an absolute standing ovation from my end because you're talking about an undrafted, undersized, not necessarily uber athletic guard who did absolute work against my Milwaukee Bucks and then was pivotal in this series against the Golden State Warriors. So, Uncle Luke. Congratulations on just the phenomenal crystal balling that you did. I it was I wouldn't say I'm called crystal balling. So I'll, I'll tell a quick story here. So middle of November. So middle of November. You know the NBA season starts now pretty early in October. So we're about a month and a half in, and the Bulls were not good this year. But I still went to plenty of games, handful of games, and the first game I went to was between the Raptors and the Bulls. And this was before the the Boylan takeover and Fred Hoiberg being fired and all the BS that went on in the middle of December between the Bulls. And I remember going to that game and and Kawhi was was play, played like 15, 20 minutes. Now. I don't even know if he did play actually. And the Raptors walked in and literally from the tip, and the Bulls weren't any, any good this year. They were one of the worst teams in the NBA, the, the, the third worst team in the NBA. And I just remember, you know, good teams, great teams, they walk into the arenas and they just blow the teams that are nowhere near their competition level out of the water. They take care of business. They move on. They get on with their lives. The, the ones that are always on the you know the, the iffy side, if you don't know if they're good or not, it's when they let teams, they, they play down to their competition. I just remember mm-hmm. literally before I got into my seat, I walked in a little late. I had a little bit too much fun at, at, a, at a bar in the West Loop. I will it admit. happens. It, it happens, happens, brother. Especially when the Bulls aren't good. You don't always get to the game on time. <laughs> and you know gambling I mean? isn't a, legalized yet. Exactly. A little L.A. arrival, if you will, out of me. Hollywood and, is hell. Yeah, Hollywood is hell. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm going soft, Bo. It's terrible. So I walk in, and it's like there's like five minutes left in the first quarter. So I, I was I was assuming, okay, nothing great, and you know nothing crazy's happened yet. And I sit down, I look up at the at the scoreboard, and the Bulls are down 15 in the first oh, quarter. Geez. And it was like I was like, okay, well maybe we'll come back by the end of by by halftime. They were down 25, and people were getting out of their seats. And I was like, holy shit! And we we stayed towards the end. We we, we stayed the whole game who I was with, and and the Bulls lost by 40 points. And I'm thinking, holy shit! 
And it wasn't like Kyle Lowry had a big game. Kawhi barely even played if it, at all, if I recall. Marcus obviously wasn't on the team yet. They had Valachunas. Ibaka just dominated the boards all game. I've always been a huge Ibaka guy. But I just kind of remember like sinking. The, actually, I was so literally my, my Twitter avatar is from that game. I'm sitting there and I'm just like in shock almost. I'm like, these Raptors, we used to dominate this, the Raptors. I don't care if they're a way better team than us or not. But we always used to take care of the Raptors or at least play them really well, especially during the Rose and Butler years. But now that they're in a rebuild, the Bulls. But it was just like, it's like, holy shit. They just walked in to the United Center and just cleaned us, wiped us with the floor. And I'm kind of thinking there, I'm like, huh, if they can do that without their best player, without anybody doing a massive contribution or having an incredible game, what is, what is the ceiling of this team? So I kind of always kept it on the back burners. I watched, I did bet on the Raptors a lot, which kind of kind of was an important thing for me to, to kind of keep <laughs> tabs with it. this team. Yeah, to keep tabs with this team all year. And I just remember like just... You know, I've always been a big Fred Fred Van Vliet back to Wichita State. I love point guards, and you can attest to this. I love point guards who can, who just have an a certain feel, a natural feel for the way the game is. You know, watching LeBron. I'm not comparing Fred Van Vliet, uh, Fred Van Fleet to LeBron, but when you watch LeBron, LeBron always understands the pace of a of a basketball game, especially in the playoffs. He knows when to push it. He knows when to bring it back a little bit. He's got complete control, and Fred Van Fleet has a little bit of that in him. He knows when to take big shots, and he's not afraid to take those big shots, a la the Milwaukee series, and then obviously in game six. And he's always, especially in college, he was the guy who always controlled that Wichita team. He always knew when the Shockers needed to up the tempo and when they needed to dial back a little bit. And I've always always felt like guys who can do that, point guards who can do that, are always going to have a place in this league. And yeah, he's undersized, but he competes like hell every single game, especially on the defensive end where he, he gives up a lot of, you know, intangibles on that end. And so to watch this team kind of just fly through the playoffs and we get to the Bucks series and they're down 2-0 and I'm thinking, all right, here, here's the, I, mean, I hate to bring it up, but we gotta, you know, like the Bucks destroyed them in game two. Everybody was writing off the Raptors. I mean, what was, what were your feelings Game two, I know we, we we haven't really spoken about it because we've kind of just moved on, you know, obviously. But being up game two, what were what were your like gut check feelings of going into the rest of that series up two zero against the Raptors? So I have I have a couple thoughts kind of regarding all of this, to be honest. So um, we'll start with Fred VanVleet, um, and I think the word that you're looking for, Uncle Luke, he's a game manager. Yes. Bottom line. He doesn't necessarily need to score. He doesn't necessarily need to rack up assists. He gets the ball into the hands of the guy who it needs to get into the hands of. Bottom line, who's the open guy? He makes the extra pass. He makes the right play every single time. Um, You compared him to LeBron. I think he's got a little Boris Diaw almost at point to him. Mm, Yeah. Just making the right play. It's basketball. And I'm going to tie this in into another theory that I was going to kind of bring up this year. And this was the first season for me in the NBA. Maybe that I recognized it. Maybe I uh, maybe I saw signs of it in the past but didn't see it. This is the first time I was able to process it and kind of apply what I was seeing. And what I was seeing was basketball and the NBA this year has never felt more like international soccer. And you're putting together teams – of people from all over the world. And I think, you know, early 2000s basketball there, you know, you get your handful of European players, but very few from 
um, Africa, very few from Australia, South America, you know. Now you look at this Toronto Raptors team, and I, I seriously, the whole time through this playoffs, I just viewed them as a soccer team. If they were competing in EPL or if they were competing in the Spanish League, I just saw them combining together, buying into a single um, thought, a game plan, and they all bought in together. It wasn't, yes, Kawhi Leonard was the leader of the team, but Kawhi Leonard isn't necessarily the greatest embodiment of like American basketball. And in fact, I would say his style of play is very international, probably from his time in San Antonio. And I look forward or I look to the rest of the NBA and there's probably similarities elsewhere. And I think Milwaukee Bucks are right there now. So you want to talk about game two. I, I was conflicted after game two. I was so happy with the way the Bucks had played. Um, I knew I didn't think the series was over. Right. Um, I thought the Bucks would win, but I didn't think the series was over yet. I knew playing in Toronto would be really hard. And I knew that if, if Toronto grabbed game three right away, that you might be able to shake the Bucks a little bit. The Bucks were all about rhythm, momentum, keep it going. Don't let anything stop it. You know, right. keep the movement. It's that pace. Don't interrupt that pace. Don't jar it. Don't jam it. Um, and it's almost like in baseball when, when a hitter or a pitcher gets into a rhythm, right? Say a pitcher's feeling good on the mound. They just start pumping, right? They're not taking it time in between pitches. And that's what the Bucks could do a lot. There were times where they're like, All right, we just want to get this shot up so bad because we know it's going in. And they wouldn't wait. They wouldn't say, no, 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 let's wait. They just had confidence. And I thought the moment that the Raptors were able to shake that confidence in the Milwaukee Bucks in game three. Yeah, that, you tell a little bit. Oh, yeah. shit. Like, this is a series. And the Bucks are going to have to wake, like, the fuck up or else they're going to be in some serious trouble. And that was the bottom line. Um, I was never upset with the Bucks. Um, in, in actuality, and my mom, <laughs> my mom was comforting me throughout all this. Um, <laughs> and she said, Bo, you're, you're early. The, the, you picked the Bucks to be the four seed this year. You didn't pick the Bucks to win the NBA championship. You didn't pick Giannis to win MVP. You're a year early right now. Just enjoy this as much as you can. Um, you know, and then I'm talking with my dad and, and we're saying all of this experience, every single minute, whether it's Giannis balling out, whether it's him getting dunked on, whether it's him getting mad blocks at the rim, it was all good experience. It was great stuff. And no one, no one just succeeds right away. They often say that your greatest accomplishment begins after one of your largest failures. And, and you, look per- Le- you look Go at ahead. LeBron yeah. – g- give me uh, five seconds and you can take it. You look at LeBron in 2012. You look at – or excuse me, 2011 against Dallas. Probably one of his largest failures in life. He averaged 19 points a game in that series. Since then, the man has been on an absolute tear – He's been on a vengeance, and we haven't seen anything like it since. I think Giannis next year will be in a similar position. Last year for us, it was going it was going seven games. That was the experience that we took away. 
This year we were prepared for a seven-game battle. We knew what that entailed. Now next year when the Bucks are hopefully you know doing their thing again, as I suspect they will, when they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, if they're lucky enough to get there again, those guys are going to look at each other and say, guys, we've been here. We know what this is like. We have no problems moving forward. In game three of the 2020 NBA Eastern Conference Finals, whoever the, the Bucks might match up with, there's a good chance that they're going to say, all right, we ate that shot. We ate that run in the third game. It's time to clap back. We've been here before. We can do it again. So I took nothing. I, I was really trying not to be a Debbie Downer about this whole series. And uh, it, all experience is good experience for this Milwaukee Bucks team. All those points there, perfect segue into what I wanted to get into with the Raptors. Because at game two, you know, a lot of people were writing off the Raptors at that point. And you talk about taking the hits, you know, being in a certain situation, having experience and being able to bounce back. This Raptors team, as you said, was a collection of guys who – on all different types of teams kind of came together that were brought together by Masai Ujiri and they had all been there before. They have all taken the hits. Lowry was a part of those Raptors teams that for how many years could never get over the hump, whether it was, you know, always getting running into LeBron or, or running into the Hawks that one year. Like they, 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 they took the hits and, and, and Kyle Lowry just knew how to respond and they were not phased. Obviously Kawhi had been there before. Mark Gasol, how many times did Memphis was almost just there, almost getting over the hump? Serge Ibaka absolutely knew that feeling. How many, many, and serious question right here, Uncle Luke, how many five-round fights have Serge Ibaka and Mark Gasol been in in their playoff, in their basketball careers now? Against each other. Against each other, against (laughs) other people. They have eaten those shots, and it paid off this year because they had to go through those trials and tribulations to succeed when it came to the big stage. Absolutely. And 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 that's what this Raptors team was all about. Is was was like as I as I tweeted about a couple of weeks ago, like this this team in a, in a lot of ways felt like the expendables, like this group of guys who once a, one, like a while ago used to fight against each other. Now all of a sudden by some innate circumstances have to come together <laughs> and go fight for a good goal. That's what it felt like. Lowry, Bro, that is Kawhi. so good. Like, think about this. Like, the the Warriors for the last five years have dominated the Western Conference. Kawhi has lost to the Warriors at some point in his career in the playoffs. Marcus Saul, they were up two one in twenty fourteen. Memphis was on the Warriors and lost it at when they were at home up two one. Uh, Serge Ibaka obviously at OKC the three to one series. Like these guys all came together and, and competed. Danny Green, a part of that San Antonio team as well. Like all these guys knew how to respond in game two or in game three of that Eastern Conference Finals. And it seemed like they never looked back after they responded in game three and won that game. And then obviously went on and went four straight and go to the finals. Now kind of pivoting into the finals here to, yourself. I know you didn't, as you said, didn't watch a ton of this series. And obviously there's plenty of narratives out there that you could follow regarding the Warriors and how this offseason plays out, whatever. But I want to ask you right now, I know you're not, but what moving forward, is is the West wide open? Do you because I I, would, I have a may have a different opinion on this, is why I'm asking. Next year, obviously, with KD likely out for the rest of the year, um, going into 2020, and then Clay out for the majority of the year. Are you are you I wouldn't say writing off Golden State, but do you think the Western Conference is far 
it's it's more open like the nba in general the nba finals next year is far more open to to a lot more teams because golden state has a, it you know the the golden the golden uh state dynasty the the bridge has been has been taken down a little bit here that the, the the gates have been open and i'm i'm wondering is is this upcoming year you know we always talk about how difficult it is to three peat and how difficult it is to you're to continue, continue, continue this, this, you know, dominance and response in, in, in your, in your poll on our, on iconic Twitter about what's more, you know, enjoyable winning the first time or three peating. I think so, the NBA, this is my question. I think the NBA is kind of next year is kind of this interesting, depending how free agency plays out, obviously, but there might be more teams in play to make the finals next year because of golden States weaknesses at the moment. than then I think ending before in this decade. So, Uncle Luke, you want to you want to talk about the West being wide open, right? And, and and I think when you ask that question, you're insinuating that this year it was not wide open, right? I, I assume that's what you're insinuating. Yeah, I, I would say that you know, obviously, if obviously we've been talking about this, if you go back to October when we, yep. when we did the preseason yep. pod, we said yep. you know. We said that it's not a given they're going to get there, but by all means, betting favorites, absolutely. And they had, we were just coming off the news basically a couple of months ago that Boogie was going to join them. So at the moment, it was just like Golden State's coming out of the West, unless I see otherwise. So, and, and here's, here's the deal, Uncle Luke, okay? Um, we're, we're insinuating that this last year, yeah, yeah, of course the Warriors were the betting favorites. But like the like the Lakers in two thousand three against the the Spurs, and like the the Lakers in 04 against the Pistons, dude, it is so hard to win over and over and extending yourself postseason after postseason and playing seventy games a year at least at least in the regular season and then playing another you know, five, five games in the first round, another six games in the second round, seven, seven, the Warriors. Yeah. Toronto, exte- yeah, yeah. And the Warriors Toronto played 24 so. games in the playoffs, 24, 24 quarter of the NBA season. Now let's, and I kind of wanted to bring this up too, because, you know, Kawhi Leonard obviously has been such an advocate for resting, right? He said that, Without load management, man, I would not be here right now. And you could tell, like, honestly, after the games, he was in pain. Um, I think the West is so wide open next year, it's not even funny. And obviously, it's even more wide open as we're a week away from or two weeks away from free agency. Um, one injury in, 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 the, in the game of basketball changes the entire dynamic. Whether it could be LeBron getting hurt, whether it could be AD getting hurt, because AD, who has you know obviously had some minor, minor you know health question marks, if he's, he's hurt always got nagging injuries. Run, yeah, man. Um, if he's dinged up heading into playoffs, can can the could the Lakers, led by LeBron, Kuzma, and a couple other guys, can they That's take down a Rockets team? Can can James Harden without Chris Paul beat a Lakers team? I think the West is so wide open. Um, you obviously Denver have some very youthful teams. Oh my God, Denver and Portland, and Denver's even a, probably a bigger question mark because they're kind of 
Denver, Utah are both kind of in the mix now for some trades. Um, it looks like Denver doesn't want to give up Jamal Murray, so they probably will be staying put. But if Utah, who could be in on this D'Angelo Russell move. I was going to say, yeah, they really I want another mean, score. Son, son, Gobert, Defensive oh. Player of the Year, Donovan Mitchell, an up-and-coming just star. I mean, he's already not up-and-coming. You know what I'm saying. But – and you add D'Angelo Russell to that team, and they've already been good in the playoffs. And D'Angelo Russell clearly has been a player who does well in intense playoff, like um, home court environments. You don't think Utah would rally behind D'Angelo Russell and the mm. ice in his veins, lefty? You don't think that whether it could be Mike Conley ending up in Phoenix, whether Mike Conley ends up maybe if Utah isn't able to pull off the D'Angelo Russell trade, Mike Conley ends up there. You don't think he could give one solid year? I think Portland has improved every year in the playoffs. This West is so wide open. And, you know, obviously yesterday the NBA championship betting favorites came out. Dude, I don't know how any single one of those teams is more of a favorite, including my Milwaukee Bucks, including the hometown Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know how you could look at any single team in this NBA and say, oh, yes, they're the favorite moving forward next year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to your point about, you know, load management and all those things, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't totally, you know, injuries happen. They're they're really random. And, and as much as you want to talk about, oh, the, the season needs to be shortened or these guys need to play less games or what have you, you know, rest and all these things. You know, injuries at the end of the day to the core are random, and that's kind of just how it goes. But I do think, you know, because of this five-year run that Golden State has been on, like they've it's taken their toll. They've played some tough series. That Houston series this year took a whole lot out of them. They needed those nine days of rest in between, you know, playing Houston or playing uh for playing the Raptors for the NBA Finals, and it still wasn't enough. I'm I mean, going to be honest five- with you, Uncle Luke. Their first round matchup against the Clippers right, was yeah, grimy exactly. and nasty. Like they, they, these guys have been in it, been playing hard, intense playoff minutes. Like look at Boogie, for example. The guy didn't he tore his quad in the first round, and then and miraculously was able to make a make a comeback and and really prove to have some great minutes in it. But there were games where he looked terrible. It's because his body was not prepared for the grueling playoff minutes, finals minutes that it takes to, and the energy level it takes to compete. He's at that also high never level. been there before. Ex- exactly. So so like these things compound over time, and it goes back to our original point. Like. Don't like let's not give the Warriors the championship in October, okay? Obviously the the journey is long and grinding and there were times they looked absolutely unstoppable this year. They scored like 60 points in a quarter once this year. Like they showed their firepower at times where it's like no one's stopping this team. And I thought after the Houston series, I was like, whoever wins this series wins this. And I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and play the game of, oh, if Durant doesn't get hurt or if Clay doesn't get hurt, you know, it's a different series. No, 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 no. Cool. No, because you, know, injury, you could do that, injuries, with, yeah, you could do exactly. that with every series Anything. in the entirety exactly. of professional sports. At the at the end of the day, I, to wrap this finals narrative up real quick, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, this was Toronto, a collection of expendables that came together 
you know, it, this 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 year was dictated by the Kawhi trade. It was this is our year. We're going to make a run at it. Whatever happens with Kawhi at, at the end of the, we'll deal with. Basically, it was Masai Ujiri, the GM and president of basketball operations for the Raptors, made that obviously marvelous trade. Now, and Kawhi just went on a stretch that, like, legitimately unprecedented. Thirty points. He averaged thirty points, nine rebounds in twenty four games. He shot. Nearly thirty-eight percent from the from three-point line, nearly fifty percent from th- from the field. I mean, and obviously brings his defensive prowess on you know averaging on a steal and a block a game, and and he was just absolutely incredible. And then fill in the gaps. Abaka was dominant on the glass. Gasol had a few nice games in there. Danny obviously Green caught, caught some heat. Danny Green caught some heat. I think it was game two or game three. Yep. He looked phenomenal. Um, and and look, I am the one of the largest Kyle Lowry detractors on the planet. I mean, I've, I've, you know, a lot of games back in the day with the bulls and the Raptors I was not a huge fan with him, the way he would, you know, he's, he plays a little dirty. He's, 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 he's a pest a little bit. All right. And, and there's a lot of people who really like Kyle Lowry. I don't think he's a top five point guard, but man, did he prove, and he shut me up. He, I mean, the man's won a title. I cannot slander Kyle Lowry anymore because he has a title. All right. And I don't think anyone to, can slander Kyle exactly. Lowry anymore. And, and so the the Raptors, as much as you know, whatever happened to the Warriors, it sucks. Injuries happen, and 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 I, you know, majority of people don't feel bad for them. They feel bad for the players, but they don't feel bad for the team. You know, they've been on this incredible run, but the Raptors just showed up, and they they dug their feet in and looked like, look, this is our series. We have great matchups, and holy cow, Pascal Siakam is going to be a star in this NBA. <laughs> oh my God, the man is an absolute star. So you, you bring all those guys together. And look, they earned this. They beat Philadelphia, the most talented team in the East. They beat the Bucks, who was the best team in the NBA this year, and they beat the Dynasty. This championship, it was earned. One hundred percent. Nothing. Nothing. You can say. You can never take this away from the Toronto Raptors. Um, my final thoughts here, um, man. Oh man. So I, I I do this thing. Some people know this. Some people don't. Um, I, I take pride. I'm just trying to become, you know, a better sports broadcaster. So what I do is I, I write down, I create no cards. I've got sheets of paper up in my, my bathroom and in my room. And it, it lists every NBA champion since 1970. It has the MVP from that season. I have it for baseball. I have every UFC title holder ever. Dog, when I go write this write this Raptors 2019 NBA championship down with head coach Nick Nurse, <laughs> that is going to stick out like a sore thumb in 10 years, and I'm going to just look back and laugh, and I'm going to think yeah. about Uncle Luke and his Fred Van Vliet obsession and, <laughs> and just a bizarre, bizarre NBA finals. I mean, obviously, Clay going down and, you know, KD go down, yeah, that's back-to-back games. It's just... What a weird, weird finale to this NBA season. And people always say, you know, oh, we know what's going to happen in the NBA. It's just a matter of kind of how it happens. Well, one, we didn't know what was going to happen. And two, we had no fucking clue how it was going to happen this year. And that was obviously ever apparent um, looking back on it all now. Spicy P, that dude just gives me nightmares he doesn't Mm. you know that Gatorade logo when you're playing 2k when a guy gets tired yeah Yeah. he doesn't have that he doesn't get (laughs) have that so you you just when you play with spicy p as uh the kids are calling him when you play with spicy p he doesn't get that Gatorade logo you can just hold down that right trigger and that boost and that sprint button 
all day long because that dude has a motor unlike anything I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, um, all right, I mean, Uncle Luke. Yeah. Lu- Lu- we got to start looking forward here because um, Anthony Davis, who, I mean, as of a year ago, was a consensus top five player in the league. I don't think a single person who watches basketball would argue he's outside the top 10. Well, he's teaming up with LeBron James, and this needs to be discussed. Uh, people are asking, is this the best teammate LeBron's ever had? Blah, 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 yes. blah, blah, blah. My question in all of this, because, oh, my ears are starting to hurt. I'm getting a lot of noise from L.A. people here. Who's the worst fan base or worst fan base demographic? Would you say it's the white-collar uh, Silicon Valley Warrior fans or the delusional fans of the past for the Los Angeles Lakers? Wow. Okay. Well, so here – I've never really so my always perception of the Warriors is that Baron Davis, Monte Ellis, Stephen Jackson, Corey Maggette, and that's what it should be, but it's not that anymore. Well, it's not. No, it's especially as they move into San Francisco, that's not the team. But but like you know, for a lot of people who casually watch the NBA, they just know the Warriors as the Steph Curry era, basically the last five years. And I was like, the Warriors, this this fan, this team was absolutely terrible for forty years, basically until and not terrible. They had you know the run team. It was you know a twenty year run where they were pretty bad. Yeah, but they were they've been always been pretty bad. So you know I've always they've never bothered me. But I would definitely say like I. I would almost say neither, like because I don't live in Los Angeles. Knicks. I am way more. I I would say the Knicks fan base drives Boston. me absolutely insane. Boston is just Boston in general. That doesn't pertain to sports. That's just Boston. All right. But yeah. It, you know, I would so I would say Knicks won. But I mean, the Lakers. It's I it's a it's a fan base like divided into like sections almost. Like so the clicky. Kobe stands, it's clicky. Yeah, the Kobe stands who don't want to like give LeBron James any credit because then it goes against their their you know their narrative that Kobe's always going to be better than LeBron. You can't tell me otherwise. And then you got the the fans who you know who are who think progressively are like, well, the young guys. We keep the young guys around. We get a good core, and we we could be something without the stars around LeBron. And then you got the the team of the past. You know the Magic Johnson. You know the older fan base who's just kind of living off this idea that the Lakers are the Lakers, and at the end of the day, they'll find their way in the championship. Look. They traded for they they they'll just put it simple this way. They're the top three players in NBA history in PER as Michael Jordan number one, LeBron James number two, and Anthony Davis number three. Man, you got oh two man. of the three best. You got two of the three most efficient players in NBA history on your team. Obviously, it's a good trade if you're a LeBron stand who loves you know just following LeBron. You're a LeBron fan. You want to see him succeed, and you're a Laker fan. But if you're a Laker fan in six years, oh boy. Oh, you, you think could be in some trouble. You think you're worried about you think you're worried about them being annoying right now? Just wait six years from now where they're all of a sudden taking back the Anthony Davis train. I mean, good lord. But I I would say I would I would go to to answer your question because I kind of walked around it a little bit. I would say the war the, the the Lakers fans and the Warriors fans are kind of one A, one B for me, or two A, two B for me, but that's the Knicks okay. fans, for God's sakes. Like the insufferable, oh, pity us, pity us, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, like it's just like, you know, there are other teams who have been terrible too, man. Like <laughs> until that James Dolan sells the franchise, you really have nothing to complain about because they're not going anywhere when James Dolan has the help. So why do you ask that? So if I, think, I asked a question. What 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 is what is your, um, your gripe with because this? Because since since Anthony Davis has been sent to Los Angeles. 
Um, and you know what? I'm I'm gonna do it right here, and this is this is probably gonna hurt him. Go, but go my for older it. brother, man, is you know he's 37 years old. He's been a Laker fan his whole life. Um, you know he grew up at 18 years old. They the Lakers were going through a three peat. Um, and I'm not sure anyone infuriates me more talking about <laughs> basketball than my brother. That's I'm awesome. going to be honest. And you know That's what? So great. Brother Phil, I got so much love for you. You know that. Um, but man, when it comes to talking basketball, there is nothing that drives me more freaking insane than hearing him say that the Lakers starting lineup in October is going to be Kyrie, LeBron, Clay, oh. Anthony Davis, and whoever else he wants. They're just so delusional. And, and now they run with it and they just say, oh, we're the Lakers. We always get the big free agents. Um, I have no idea who the Lakers are going to end up with. This, this is a good, is this is a good conversation, though. This is a good it conversation. Is, go I, ahead. I, so, so, yeah, I'll ask you this question. So the trade happens, right? We knew it was going to happen. It didn't seem like the Lakers were bidding against anybody. Like the Celtics seemed out of it because they wouldn't add Tatum. New York obviously wasn't going to give up the, the – they didn't have the assets and Los Angeles came out and said like New York doesn't have the assets that we want. So in theory, who were the Lakers bidding against that you had to give up three first rounders that you had? I mean, look, you get, you give up Lonzo, Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. And I think you and I can, we definitely vary on the degree of those three players. Cause you know, Brandon Ingram's got all the talent in the world, but we're going into what year four, year five now where he really hasn't made that jump yet. And, you know, obviously injuries have played a factor, but you know, part of your greatness is being on the floor. Um, and same thing goes for Lonzo. And I think there's a lot of, you know, polarizing takes on what Lonzo could be. And, and on the surface, it looks like a pretty good team to build around Zion, who I think is is every bit of the hype and as special as can be. But the three picks, the, to get the three first-round picks, you know, what, what have we not learned as NBA pundits and, and NBA GMs? It's not even just the picks itself. Yes, it's the number four that they can dangle and get more assets for. But holy cow. I mean, they're pick swapping in 24-25. Do we know how old LeBron's going to be in 2024 and 2025? He's going to be 40 years old. LeBron's gone after, the, after you know, it, by that. If he's still on the floor, I mean, crucify me. Well, go ahead and just do it because the man is um, <laughs> literally like it's walking on water at that point if he's playing at 40 years old. So the Lakers are, you know, they might still have AD and they may still be competing, but to, to be able to pick swap in, in those drafts. And oh, by the way, in the 20, they get an unprotected Lakers pick in the 2021 draft. That's the double draft. That's the year that, you know, the high school kids are able to make the jump and on top of the college kids. So David Griffin, the, the new GM of the Pelicans, really set himself up here where it's like, you know, we have these three guys who have shown really good potential in Lonzo, Hart, and, and Brandon Ingham. And we have assets to build around Zion Williamson, to build around this young core with Drew Holiday and, and Lonzo and all these guys. Like, this is might be I, – I don't want to say – like, it's tough for me to say, oh, the Pelicans won the trade or say the Lakers won the trade. But, you know, the Lakers got Anthony Davis. They got the guy. They got the guy that they, they, they kind of built this young core for. But I, Uncle Luke, forward, like, Uncle Luke, both teams got exactly what they wanted. Exactly. And but they who both are the Lakers got... bidding against. <laughs> okay. So to give well, up here's a much. better question. Why wouldn't the Pelicans then accept the offer that they received at the trade deadline? Hmm. That's a good point. Which was a better offer than what they got. Because that trade offer at the trade deadline included Kyle Kuzma. 
I look, look, I love Kyle Kuzma. He's a good basketball player, but I don't think he's the number three player on a championship team. Am I crazy to say that? No, I don't think you. I don't think you're crazy for saying that. But I do I think, think him. He's better than a 2021 pick. How do we know? We don't. That know. is that is like that is like the golden draft that all these cap experts and GMs are looking at because it's the double draft in theory, where it's going to be a lot more talent in that draft because you have the high school kids who are eligible to make. Yeah, the jump but even want. when even when high school players were able to make the jump, I mean, how many really make shoot. the jump? Yeah, yeah. How I many? Mean, had, I mean, how many you, high schoolers? It's not like it's flooded with 50-50 high schoolers and college kids. There's usually one to right. two high schoolers. And then a European guy who make it in the top twenty five when high schoolers are allowed to get picked. <laughs> this is this is a great conversation because it is a battle of of theories. Because I am all about the asset generation and the asset building and and just setting yourself up for the next time a disgruntled star comes and, along and you can throw all I the think, picks at him. I think that's I think it's important and it's more important though for the Pelicans than it is the Lakers. The Lakers don't need assets. The Lakers need stars, and they're always going to be able to attract those kind of stars. The Pelicans may not have that opportunity, so they need the assets to develop a team. I I think the Pelicans got exactly what they wanted. They don't need to rely on getting a big free agent anymore. They have their picks. They have their young studs. They have a, a system now to be put in place. The Lakers, who, I mean, aren't great at drafting, aren't great at player development, are just going to say, you know what, let's just get the stars. and We'll worry about the rest when it comes later. I will tell you right now, I don't know if there's a single team in the NBA that can offer the same package, the same dynamic, and the same setup that the Lakers can right now. You get to go to the Lakers that you say, all right, you get to live in Los Angeles. You get to play alongside LeBron James. You get to play alongside Anthony Davis. You're going to be competing for a title and you might get a role in Space Jam too. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's all great and all, but this is a question I have for you, and it's a very legitimate question, is how long, long is this window here? You know, like I said, LeBron James has been the most durable NBA player I have seen in my lifetime. Until he's not, right? And to, Exactly. And he had that groin injury this year, and it was way worse than I think a lot of people give credit for. Like, the guy was out for a month and a half. Like he There was, was that underground was rumor injured. with the trainer. Who set the the woman the female trainer? Did you see that Instagram post? Um, Halfway I'm through to think the about year, it. what was it? Um, there no, it was like a person. It was like one of the trainers for the Los Angeles Lakers, and she just was on her private account, and she mm-hmm. posted a picture with LeBron saying that his injury was so demonstratively worse than what people knew, right? And that yeah. she had never seen an athlete go through what he went through to recover and get back into games. Yeah. I mean, it, it's no secret. The man, his training and his regiment and his second to regiment, none, second to none, maybe in NBA history. And obviously now that he gets the, the extra couple of months that he hasn't gotten this decade, basically to really rev up the season. Like I really feel like it's, it's boomer bust this year on the Lakers, because if you look at it, like they've got about $25 million in cap space. You know they that and that doesn't include the luxury that they'll likely go over. I'm sure Genie Bus has no issue if it means a championship team is is being put together. But can you trust Rob Polinka to either go after the right fit in superstar that they're out there to pair with these guys? Can you trust them, or can you trust them to go out and get like four or five middle of the line good players that you can rely on? Because you can you need we saw it. In the NBA Finals this past year, you need Depth. seven or eight guys to Depth. win a championship. Depth. Look, do you really think Anthony Davis, for as great as he is, 
he's he's had a lot of nagging injuries in his life. He's not you know he's played seventy plus games the mm-hmm. past couple of years, but he's he's lost some time to to injury in his career. Don't has get he me ever wrong. has he ever played a basketball game in the NBA where he was not the center of attention? Right, exactly. I mean that, and that's just the luxury of playing alongside LeBron James. Uh, LeBron it's, James, it's but the best th- thing in the entire exactly. world for the first time. And Anth- and I'm not kidding when I say this. For the first time in Anthony Davis' life, in his life, he will not be the center of attention to opposing defenses. Yeah, that is and, insane to think about. Anthony and Davis awfully frightening if you're great, a team in the West. Great futures MVP bet right now. I gotta check the odds on that. Sorry, this ooh, is think. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, you got me. Shit. Thinking. Well, so to, to answer that question, like, what do you think the like, like if you're so say you're not Rob Polinka because I'm not gonna say Bo, you're Rob Polinka. That would just be a disrespect to you. It sounds like. Thank you. I'm actually really glad you said that. <laughs> Bo, you're the GM of the Lakers heading into this offseason. What are you doing? You going after that third superstar and then filling the gaps like they did in Miami around Bosh, Wade, and LeBron, or with with just mit, with uh, minimum contract guys, or are you going after a JJ Redick and then maybe a Tobias, or you know, like a collection of really good players that aren't stars but would be really good fits around Anthony Davis and LeBron James? So Drake obviously dropped those two songs this week. Both are pretty heat. Um, he has the song "Money Money in the Grave" with Rick Ross, and then he also has the uh, the other song, forgetting the name of it. But he goes, uh, you know, my path. I wasn't supposed to go to Cambridge. I'm good at math, but I'm better at language. Well, I'm not so good at math and money, to be honest, but I am pretty decent <laughs> with language. I have no idea how the Lakers are going to make this work financially, but you would – if I'm the Lakers, I I don't really need – okay, you one, I test, I test Kemba's word because it was just a week ago when Kemba Walker was asked, Kemba – would you be willing to take less than a max to, you know, make this work out here in Charlotte? He said, yeah, of course I would take less than a max. Well, now if you're the Lakers, you can say, Kemba, you know, we heard you talking the other week. You know, you said that you would be willing to take a little bit less money. Well, we got a great opportunity over here. If you're willing to take a little bit less money, we're going to, you know, provide you a, a nice backup point guard as well. Maybe you start there. If that doesn't work, I I I think of I think they continue with the veterans. I, I like Mike Conley as a fit um to be no with the Lakers. Left. <laughs> Say it again. No trade assets left and it's a massive contract. And that's I, I, I thought I started this by saying I'm not good at math, but I'm <laughs> yeah, better language. Right. And I have no I think the direct quote was I have no idea how the Lakers pull it off money wise. Yeah, um, that was the direct quote. Because it's a it's a bizarre bizarre setup that they have right now, and so you, and would, you would test you would test the, the the star waters. You would still call. You would I would still pick say, and choose. LeBron, I'm picking choose because I don't think. Kyrie. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't think I do call Kyrie. I don't think I would call Kyrie. I think Kyrie okay. is one. I, it sounds like he's set in Brooklyn, um, barring a mir- miracle know, meeting yeah. in Boston next year or next week. Um, it sounds like he's going to be in Brooklyn. Uh, Jimmy buckets, while I think could provide something for the Lakers. I just, he's not a right fit. It gets it. I could just see it rubbing the wrong way. I don't like him with Anthony Davis. I LeBron is such an alpha. I don't need, yeah, they don't, yeah. I don't know if they need a Jimmy buckets next to him. 
and then if Tobias you don't maybe? get if you don't get Kemba, then you start looking. All right, let let's just build a solid squad. Let's build a solid solid squad. And I, I you know I don't know what's going to be available out there. We'll know you know in a week or two, you know yeah. following the draft, following free agency, and and what's going to be available and what's not. But um, it's very interesting. There's these like these um. These underground like Twitter sources, right out in LA, <laughs> yeah, who yeah. who take uh, who take a lot of aim at the the Brian Windhorse, the the Adrian Wojnarowski's, the Shams, and they, they're the rivals, right? They say you know just because they have a blue check doesn't mean that they know anything that we don't know. And there's right. these guys out in LA who swear that they're in the hoop scene. They know. Oh, they know an uncle or a cousin and blah, blah, blah. It's always the uncles, man. Always, always the, uncles. the uncles, man. And one of them that I did see was that they're going to try and make it work with Rondo again. And, I've, yeah, man, it, it would be hard to imagine that Rondo, Braun, Kuzma, and Anthony Davis couldn't just figure it out one way or another and win some playoff series, right? Yeah, I mean, look at it, it, it. A lot of you need shooters around those guys. You don't need a guy and Jimmy Butler who's going to need the ball to no, score like that. Not that's a good Jimmy fit. Butler. Yeah, not a good fit. You know, Kyrie's like he said, dead set on Brooklyn. Kemba in theory would be a good fit. You know, would really be a good fit. But Dion Waiters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, so I'm like half Literally joking, not half not going. joking. Yeah, though. I know you're not, but <laughs> that really threw me off. I was going to say Chris Middleton would be a really good fit along those two. It would be. Um, I I don't know what I mean. If he doesn't, if he's not signing for the max, I would be. I mean, right, shocked. Yeah, I, I think I think Milwaukee's all but got him locked up as well, and. You know, and obviously the Kawhi rumors aren't going to be in full effect. But I think I put Kawhi's leaving percentages, if I had to put a percentage on it, at 30, 60% he's leaving and 40% he's staying. I thought it was like maybe 80-20 throughout the year, maybe 90-10. But I definitely think this this championship run and this kind of bond he's he's put together with Toronto is going to maybe make him think twice about it. But, you know, Kawhi, Kawhi's dead set on the beach in 75 degrees in January. I can't blame the man. Um, it's not it, but uh, and and I mean I know I know you're just cracking jokes and I I appreciate that, but I really don't think it's about the beach thing. That's where his family is. That's mm-hmm. where his home is. He grew up there. He has memories there. It's his dad passed. I mean, his dad was shot when he was 15 years old in Los Angeles. He went to high school in L.A. He went to San Diego State for college. He still lives out in San Diego. That is his home. This isn't about, uh, you know, oh, Hollywood. This isn't about trying to be in a commercial. Right. For Kawhi, it's about just being home. And that's why I think if if he leaves, that's why he'll leave. No, I, I definitely agree. And I, I've honestly been enjoying the Kawhi Leonard love that he's gotten. I, oh, I, I think yeah, it's great. It's I, deserving I, I, too, especially really, after all yeah. the hate and criticism he got yeah, last year. Exactly. It's so refreshing to, to see him – be appreciated and it's so rare to see a kind of like a unique introvert get love like this so rarely there's or so often a little bit yeah a little bit of his personality and like yeah he's been very he's very much been stereotyped throughout his entire career as this guy who's got no personality just doesn't show it on the court 
you know, he doesn't show it in the public eye and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just how he wants to live his life. I mean, there's, you know, all the credit to Kawhi on his run this year. There's no conversation, no top five NBA player conversation should start without his name being in there because he's absolutely deserved it. And there's what 98% of the guys in the league don't have his resume. There's like three or four guys who have his resume in the league. So, you know, all the power to him. It's so, like in I, league history, yeah, his resume. Yeah, yeah. You can go league history. Exactly. I mean, the man has solidified himself as a surefire Hall of Famer and all of the above all the characteristics that come with it um did you, you know, see like, real quick and i'll let you keep going but did you see the uh the tweet comparing Kawhi leonard to raz al ghul from batman <laughs> and it's and it lists like it lists like like uh the miami heat the san antonio spurs the golden state warriors um because in in the batman movies raz al ghul his whole purpose is about restoring balance to civilizations so when rome got too big they they took down rome and and when europe was uh too strong they they loaded trade ships with plague rats and they burned london to the ground every time a civilization oh here it is um um when a when a civilization reaches the pinnacle of its decadence we return to restore the balance (laughs) And that's what Kawhi Leonard has done to four different – or it's going to be three different NBA dynasties, Dynasty, and it's just yep. so funny. It really is. I mean, look, the guy the guy really, in the end of the day, like he, he – him and Pop made up. They they, they, they hugged when they last yeah, played. Yeah, it, it seems Antonio. that they're very like, cordial. Yeah, it, it's 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 been through and it's been done and it's, it's in the past, you know, and it's just nice to see his – his personality shine through this a little bit in this in this parade and his ability to make fun of himself. I mean, whoever lands him, you know, if it is the Clippers and they go after him, like they are going to be a surefire, you know, again in the West, you know. But the East seems like it's going to be better regardless if Kawhi stays or not, depending on what Philly does. Um, the, the, the East still has a, a lot of good teams in it as well, and this 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 free agency, I'm so excited for it because with the Warriors being down a little bit and the uncertainty that surrounds their team. And look, between Kerr, Draymond, Clay, and Curry, and Bob Myers, you have those five guys in that organization. Like, I'm not counting out the Warriors by – like, even – it would be it would be pretty remarkable if, you know, KD comes back in, like, May and he decides to stay in Golden State and Clay comes back in, like, March and they somehow put it together. They're very unlikely, but – I'm not betting though. I'm not putting those guys out of there yet, but it's just they're they're chinking their armor now because of this. You know, the five years. This this it's tough. Like Curry's gonna do a lot more load management moving forward because the man's been playing a hundred plus game, almost a hundred games for the last five years. And I know a lot should of should the NBA people, reduce yeah. the number of games in the regular. season? I've always believed that. You know that. I've always yeah. believed that. I don't even think it, in, in an easy compromise would be making the first round five games. Let's take out those unnecessary. Let's and let's add a little bit of. Um, very like a little bit of variables into it. Like the great thing I love about the NBA is the best team in, in, in the playoffs in the league wins. wins the championship every single year. You have to earn it. You have to win. You have to be the best team. And Toronto Raptors were the best team this year, and you have to go through that grind. But I think they, they can pick and choose some spots to, to cut a few games, figure out a different money stream or something like that. And I know Adam Silver knows that. Um, we're at about an hour here, and I'm nowhere near interested in stopping this conversation because it's been pretty good so far. Um, do you want to keep going in free agency? I know the, there's so many variables that we could talk about that could play out, but I know you and I in, in August will convene together in San Diego and, and review yeah. it a little bit. So, so do you want to do you want to so go more the, into the NBA draft? We are at the hour mark right now. Yeah. 
We are at the hour mark like right now. 10, 15 minutes of the NBA draft, or what do you want to do? What, what, what What's your hmm. move here? I'm thinking, I'm thinking we wrap it up, okay? But there's um, there's just two things that I kind of wanted to get to before we Let's wrapped it. it up, okay? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, both are quick. It'll take, I think, literally two minutes here. So the funniest part, I think, of, of this podcast is that in two weeks, it's going to be in, insignificant. Right, the, yeah. the 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 drastic, insane, mind-boggling changes that are going to go through the NBA over the course of the next month are by it's, Thursday. It's gonna. Sh- <laughs> I mean, this this league is going to be shaken upside down, sideways, in in a freaking circle. Okay, and so we're we're just talking hoop right now. That's all we're trying to do, and, and I think we did a pretty solid job going over this NBA season. I think that was a, a pretty good little recap there. Um, so many moments that I forgot about looking back, but you know, the Rockets, I think were a forgotten team this year. Um, you know, obviously they fell just a little bit short, but I moment of the regular season is James Harden's three ball in OT on a, on a 50 point triple double type game. Um, you have a weird Anthony Davis trade request the Jimmy Butler trade fiasco. Um, although it looks normal now. You know, the it looks like the Bulls are happy with Boylan, but it was not the case at one point. I don't know if you want to talk Bulls or save it. Um, we could save Bulls to go with the draft stuff at a different time. Um, I mean, we go. We are going to post this on Thursday, so the draft will have happened by the next time we talk. Um, I mean, real quick on it. I mean, my, the jury's still out on Boylan. I don't think there was any reason to give him like a long term extension. I do like the the assistant coach hires that they brought in and whatever. But like, look. I'm just glad that they, they stayed out of the Anthony Davis trade. They didn't give up Levine yet because it would have been asinine, if you will, to give up a guy who you just paid four years, you know, got a good tra- contract off him, and then you could you could spin him into a superstar because his contract is very tradable if he makes the all-star team next year. Who knows? And I have no idea. The, 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 to go into this NBA draft when this when this releases, I have zero idea. It, it the, the NBA draft scares me more than – very, I mean, very few times I kind of have a good – or very most of the time I have a very good idea of what the Bulls are going to do. I have zero idea because after the top three, Bo, it's – you know, this it's draft is so t- – it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a crapshoot. We don't know – There's you, everyone knows there's always a guy, you know, past the top five that, that turns into an all-star. Donovan Mitchell in 20, uh, 2017, you know, the list goes on. Um. I have zero idea if they trade up. They go after. I, I've never been a huge Darius Garland guy. I've I've tried to watch as much tape of Darius Garland as humanly possible, and I'm if I watch another second of it, I'm gonna like my eyeballs are gonna bleed because I just know no idea what this guy's going to be because he played five college games. He looks like a good player, but I don't know. Is he worthy of trading up? Who knows? I don't know what they're gonna do at seven because I don't know what the the, the Cavs, Suns, and and uh, the Pelicans obviously now with the fourth pick are gonna do. It's 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 a total crapshoot. And I think the chaos starts on Thursday night. I definitely think that this is where it gets crazy because there's a whole lot of variables that could go one way or another in the NBA draft. And unfortunately, my guys, Gar and Pax, are going to have to be in the middle of it. You know, like I, yeah. it's as scary as that sounds, like it's oh. a full spin. It's going to be a roller coaster. And maybe they do just stand pat and draft, you know, maybe Culver Falls or whatever. It's, my 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 one read, and I'll wrap this up right here. My one read on the fan base so far, right now, how everyone feels about this is like, all right, well, you know, Jim Boylan's our coach, and 
you know, if we had to rank the top 30 coaches in the league, you know, where does Jim Boylan, you know, get placed in there right now? You know, we don't know. Um, it's definitely not high. That's it's not, sure. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know if you were no, asking if no, that no, was no. a rhetorical yeah, question. Yeah, exactly. We, we have, we have a serious hole in our point guard position and look, we've had a serious hole in our point guard position since April 26, 2012 when Derek Rose tore his ACL oh, that hasn't been changed since. Um, yeah, you have a good roster, you know, hopefully, you know, their core is Levine, Wendell and Laurie and Otto obviously as well, but like. Those three guys, those three young guys, they, they've had some injuries, and I love them all three. I like their talent. I like their ceiling and everything, but who knows? Like, they got to make jumps at this point. And so the, the fan base is just kind of su- stuck in this this kind of odd – I don't know what it, it feels limbo? like. Yeah, limbo, purgatory is what it feels like because we got screwed in the – I mean, I just I, – I honestly, like, moved on right away. I turned off the TV after the after the, the, the lottery because I was, I was just so, like – I knew it was a possibility. So but I, I don't. Did I tell you about where right I was away. during the NBA lottery? No, you didn't. I didn't. I didn't mention because I got some flack for it. Um. So the NBA lottery was happening. It was one of the last uh, last week, maybe the school year. Um. So a lot of people were celebrating. Maybe it was two weeks before the end of the school year, and you know, it's that senior vibe. Everyone's just kind of trying to go out as much as they can, have a good time. Um. I was plenty busy, but I got my work done. And we said, all right, let's go to Harpo's, right? We're going to watch. We'll keep an eye on the uh, the lottery at Harpo's. And we're on the roof. We're doing our thing. And I I roll over to Harpo's, and I'm rocking a Jordan Bulls jersey. I'm trying to show support, bro. <laughs> I was trying to show support. And there were other guys in Bulls gear. You know what I mean? I was literally – it was not hateful, harmful. I wasn't trying to do anything negative. But holy shit, man, you should have seen these Chicago kids come at me after the Bulls got that seventh pick. You would have swore I killed someone. They're telling me, get that jersey out. What do you do? Oh, my goodness. God damn. Lay off. I'm trying to show a little love to the hoop scene. Hey, That's all I was trying it. to do. So I don't know. If, I didn't know if you had known that I was rocking no, Bulls gear that. during That's people crazy. were suspecting that I was uh, – uh, responsible for the for the Bulls' <laughs> unluckiness, I guess. But I thought that Look, was pretty it, funny. It, it is what it is, and it, it totally sucks, and it totally throws off the you know the entire plan. I think that the, the quote unquote plan that was in place between between the the two knuckleheads that run the organization. Um, it it, it definitely feels like you know they're going to have to get creative, and the Bulls aren't always known for their creativeness. So no, they're you know, not. The, the fan base is very on edge for Thursday as I'm well. So we'll see we'll, we'll, you know, it, it, the draft is the draft and we won't know until we know as, as you, as you always preach, we don't mm-hmm. know until we know. And that's been, I mean, such a pet peeve of mine with this whole warriors scene. And, and you know, obviously we're not going to get into it because the point is that we have no freaking clue. I hate when people pretend to know something and I, I just try and teach patience and kind of honestly recognize your ignorance as as a as a yeah. as a sports fan and as especially a basketball fan, because it's more fun to recognize your ignorance. It's yeah, way more fun to do that because you don't know who's in that life. If you think you have a clue as to what the mindset of Kevin Durant was heading into Game One versus Game Five versus Game Six, or you have no clue. And I just thought it was so silly hearing all these people give takes. Oh, Kevin Durant doesn't want to play, or oh, Kevin Durant really wants to play. You have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. 
And so that that's just a frustrating little pet peeve of mine. Um, Uncle Luke, we have one more thing before we finish this podcast, okay? Yeah. And um, it's it's a it's very sad. Oh, should we cue the sad music? Um, I right, sent we'll you a it. link. I sent you yeah. a link. It's played right now. It's playing right now. This is a moment of silence. Mm. Music. And uh, it's, you know, it's been there through thick and thin. It's been there when we needed them most. It's been there when we didn't need them most. Me, Uncle Luke, you and I are, are faithful, faithful, faithful League Pass subscribers as we will be for the rest of our lives. But man, oh man, League Pass doesn't even come close to the ease, to the simplicity of NBA streams on Reddit. And for the last 10 years of my life, I've been using NBA streams on Reddit to watch every game, whether it's that February Tuesday night where the Mm. Suns are going after it, getting after it against the Memphis Grizzlies. The NBA streams on Reddit now join soccer streams and MMA streams um, above us in a, in a, in a hopefully what I envision to be a better place. But we owe a, a lot to the um, to the hard workers, the grinders, the day in day outers who put up those streams for us when we needed them most. And uh, today, NBA streams on Reddit gets shut down. It's a sad day as a sports fan, but we will survive. We will adapt or we will die. Mm. You know, Thank shout out to Buff Streams. You know, Buff the, streams. The, the B-U-F-F streams. Buff Streams, man. It's been there almost almost more than my family at times. Buff Streams has been there. Like you said, on a, on a cold February night in Columbia, Missouri, it's ice storming outside and you know, I just I just failed a test, and I'm just sitting there and just toss on the NBA Reddit stream because my Elite Pass app won't work, mm-hmm. or it, as it, it never does, ter- as it never does, or, or it's it blacked out, terrib- or the game's quality. on NBA TV, which we or don't the get. The game is on NBA TV, but you know who was there about NBA streams, NBA Reddit streams. Okay. So, um, I think Uncle Luke, everything has been said. And so in in more ways than one right now, okay? In more ways than one. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. Let's go home.